Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. The second step in our proprietary process is to equip people to prosper. Now, equipping is not proprietary for sure, but we have developed very specific ways of training, mentoring, coaching, equipping people by adding in the leverage of brain science. We now understand how people learn. And I know that people learn in different ways. Some people are more visual, some are more auditory, uh, some are more tactile, they need to put their hands on something. Um, But combining all of those and then using very specific ways of approaching learning and development is something we've been developing for the last 30 years. Over the last 10 years, that has been significantly enhanced as we have grown better and better in the understanding of the human brain, how the human brain works, how people learn, how they remember things, and all of that adds to a more effective learning and development process. So when we say equip people to prosper, what we mean is all of that and more. What is that more? It's equipping them for the long run, equipping them to be successful, not just today, but tomorrow, equipping them in ways that allows people to build on previous learning, previous experience. Nothing is wasted. Uh, Mistakes become learning opportunities. All of that is what we mean by equipping people. Why is this important? Because growth is a critical element of a healthy and vital individual, team, and organization. So when we look at what does growth mean, it means a lot of things. Where I want to start was with a quote that I borrowed, uh, and I'll be very, very open about that. A good friend of mine, David Tubley, said this in a meeting uh, a while ago, and I really stuck with me, really resonated with me, and I've changed it and adapted it just a little bit, but I do want to give David credit. Very thoughtful man. Um, here it is. You only have the internal resources to meet the next challenge or to take advantage of the next opportunity that you have built to that point. I'm going to say that again, and I may try to paraphrase a little bit here. You only have the internal resources to meet the next challenge or take advantage of the next opportunity that you have prepared for and put in place in yourself at the time that you want to draw from those resources. And so what does that mean? Well, growth is a part of that, not just learning new things, but becoming better at the things you already do. When we think about internal resources, 
because that's a phrase I use in that quote, there are several things that come to mind. First, there's energy, focus, and mindset. Those are all internal resources. And we do get to choose what those go to. We get to choose where our energy goes, where our focus goes, and what our mindset is. There may be additional resources we might consider adding to that list, skills, experiences, maybe unique gifts or talents that you may have. All of those are our internal resources. You can add to that motivation, optimism. Those are two of the critical elements of emotional intelligence. And so all of these internal resources are what allow us to really focus in, spend our energy in good ways, get things done, or allow ourselves to be distracted. I'm currently listening to a book online uh, about distraction, and I'll share some of that in a future episode. But I think it's important to understand there are things that we do not control, and there are things that we do control. We actually control more of the important things in life than you might think we do. I mean, if you think about how you choose to show up, the mindset you have, the energy and focus you put towards certain things, there are many of those very important things in life that we get to choose how those resources are spent. Um, And getting stuck or blaming it on the boss or whatever. I mean, we all do it, but it isn't really something that is maybe 100% true. Maybe it's not totally the boss's fault. Maybe it's not totally a fault of another person that distracts you. Maybe a little more discipline and focus will help you make your better choices to get your better outcomes. Uh, I know, and I'll share this openly with you. When you own your own business, there are many, many decisions to make on a daily basis. It is so easy to become distracted and to get pulled in different directions. So you have to create a discipline around where you're going to spend those very important internal resources. I think that's a real key point that will help all of us. I know it helps me when I practice that discipline. I'm not always good at it. You know, it's kind of the blinky shiny syndrome with me. So, and there are many around me who will be happy to affirm that. Uh, So what do we do with all of this? Somebody asked me this week, how do I know if my people have reached their capacity? I think that's a fantastic question. And First is to go back to the the very first step in our process, the EQ fit process, which is assess. You need to assess what their capacity is. And I realize the next question is, okay, how do I do that? Okay, good. There are psychological assessments we can use to help figure that out. But there's also very practical things you can do. One of the things that I suggested was something I did recently for one of my executive uh, clients. I do some executive coaching and he was very frustrated. He was struggling with it. I've got more and more and more 
on my plate. I'm busier and busier every day and every week, and I'm not getting anything done. So I asked him to simply do an exercise that I've had others do in the past, which is for the next two weeks, even though it's a pain, write down in a journal or a log, every time you're spending time on something, write it down at work, you know, and you can do it at home too, if you want to, but literally track where your time is going. Where are you spending time? Well, the funny thing is at the end of that two week period, when we got back together and I asked him, okay, how much of your time are you spending on the things that only you can do? And he looked at me sheepishly and said, 5%. That means 95% of his time is spent on things other people could do. Now, to be realistic, there's about another 25% of what he was spending his time on that he did need to be involved in. And that only brings us up to 30%. And so at 30%, that means there's 70% of his time that is being spent on things that other people could do without him. That's a problem. And that means a lot of his internal resources are getting used up in ways that are non-productive for himself, for the other individuals. They don't grow if he's involved in everything and doing things for them. And and then there's there's just lost opportunity through that. So growth is vital to individuals, teams, and organizations. We need to grow in our capacity. We need to grow in our, our realized capacity. Those two things are not the same. Realized capacity is the actual productivity you're able to accomplish. Uh, our total capacity is a little bit bigger than that, maybe a lot bigger than that. So when my client asked me that question, how do I know when my people have reached their capacity? The answer is they probably haven't. Most of us never reach our total capacity. I mean, we only use 10 to 20% of our brains in the first place. So, and some people less. Yes, I hear that. I heard you say that. Um, But bottom line, there's a lot of capacity to be had, but what's getting in the way of that? That's what we're going to look at now. So back to the primary topic of today's episode, which is equipping or equip. How do we train and equip people? And equipping is so much more than just training. It's giving them the experience. It's giving them encouragement and coaching and guidance. I mean, do you know a professional athlete that doesn't have at least one coach, why would we not do that with leaders? Why would we not do that with even our employees? Their their managers, their leaders should be their coaches. Unfortunately, most organizations don't see the value in that. Uh, It's more about a transactional approach to getting things done and checking the boxes and all of that. And you'll never reach full capacity, full realizable capacity in an individual when that's when it's just transactional, because you're not engaging the other part of the individual, their emotional commitment to the organization and the effort, which we call engagement. So 
where can we change this dynamic? Well, one area that we found is new skills. Uh, Equip also means to develop new skills. This is an often overlooked opportunity with organizations. A lot of times the tendency is, oh, we don't have that skill set. Let's go get a person. Let's go hire somebody new. And there's always an attraction to hiring new talent, and there's nothing wrong with that. We do a lot of searches for clients. We do a lot of help in recruiting with our clients as far as helping them build out their hiring processes and ensure they're doing the right fit, not just any kind of fit. But there is already talent inside the organization. What is the opportunity there to to bring them to a different level by training them on new skills. One of the biggest reasons for the great resignation that that seems to be continuing even till now, 25 plus million people leaving their jobs over the last year and a half or so, one of the primary reasons is my company doesn't develop me. They don't invest in me. Last time I looked at one of Gallup's studies, it said 68% of employees never get any feedback. Frankly, that's a huge leadership failure. Um, And I'm sorry if I'm speaking directly to you who have done that and not given feedback, but don't think of it as a huge failure. Think of it as, as an opportunity. Now you can start doing that. Why is that important? Retention of employees, uh, developing employees. And this learning new skills is very important. It can really do more with less, meaning you don't always have to go hire a new person if you don't have a certain skill set. What's available already inside that would make a current employee rise to an even higher level of engagement? I want to just kind of share something I've noticed. There's a lot of untapped potential out there in employees that are already in organizations, including managers and leaders. Here are the skills that I see are most lacking in organizations today. Number one, practical management skills. Nobody's teaching these things. I mean, there's some in business school, there's some of this, but that's academic learning, not experiential learning. And experiential learning will always be more effective because you're putting it into practice. Emotional intelligence is a huge gap, and it's more important to equip people with that now more than ever. How do you navigate emotions? How do you navigate uncertainty? How do you navigate this crazy VUCA world that we live in? You do it with emotional intelligence skills. The third is effective hiring processes. And the fourth is what I call creating liberating structures. A liberating structure is like building practices of accountability or creating a new structure around hiring that keeps everybody on track and moves the process forward more efficiently, more effectively. Those are what I call liberating structures because when they get put in place, they free up time. And don't confuse a liberating structure with a new ERP system or a new CRM system. Now, they may very well become liberating structures. But a lot of times people confuse these new systems as the thing that's going to solve a lot of our problems. If done correctly and well, they will. 
my experience with hundreds of clients doesn't work out that way a lot of the time. It's a lot more work and effort to get that new system in. And then there's training, getting people on board. And eventually, hopefully, somewhere down the road, it does become at least partially what people want it to be. Or it does become fully what they want it to be. But it is not an overnight fix. There are a lot of liberating structures that can be put in place that can really make a difference today. If I was only able to bring one new skill set into an organization today, hands down, it would be emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is better collaboration, better leadership, better focus, more accountability, higher productivity, higher profitability. And you're going to say, wait a minute, how, do, how does that connect? I can show you. I can literally show you case studies. I can show you data. I can show you assessments from when we started with a client to when we finished with a client and the incredible increases in all of those areas because emotional intelligence is the bridge to bring people together and help people work better together and, frankly, create a competitive advantage in the marketplace Agile organizations, and I'm talking agility from a mindset point of view, not a systems point of view. The agile organization is made up of agile individuals who can really get things done and who are smart, who take initiative, who are proactive in what they do. So the last thing I want to talk about that I've learned is very important, sustained learning creating a culture of learning. The most important asset in any organization are the people. There's no question about that. Cultivating a learning culture or what some call a a deliberately developmental organization is the fastest way to create a competitive advantage. There is an awesome quote from a book called An Everyone Culture by Keegan and Leahy. Here's the quote. In most organizations... Everyone is doing a second job no one is paying them for. Most people are spending time and energy covering up their weaknesses, managing other people's impressions of them, showing themselves to their best advantage, playing politics, hiding their inadequacies, hiding their uncertainties, hiding their limitations, hiding. That is a wonderful quote, and it is so true in so many organizations that I have seen. So what's the solution to that? Well, we foster a learning culture where people are growing. They're encouraged to grow, to learn new skills, to try new things, and where mistakes are learning opportunities. It takes some effort to make this happen. It's not going to be super easy and just happen overnight. But then it didn't get this way overnight, did it? Where do we go from here? Leaders, managers, owners, and simply employees. We're all looking for what can make us better. What can make us more profitable? What can make us grow, learn, achieve, accomplish in a 
better way, in a more effective or at a higher level. All of that boils down to a few simple things. When we say equipping people to prosper, we're talking about a 360-degree growth and development process that is intentionally designed to help people reach the desired outcomes. And that includes accountability. It includes collaboration and communication. It includes leadership. It includes teams and becoming high-functioning teams. When we invest in people, we invest in future success. This is a key element. Most organizations, and especially in uncertain economic times, will look for cost savings, will look for more opportunities in some of the standard places. Can we reduce expenses? Can we increase productivity? Can we do this? Can we do that? A lot of times what's missed in that assessment is people. How can we invest in our people? Because I can tell you the return on investment when you invest in your people, in yourself for that matter, is far greater than cutting some expenses here or doing something a little different over there. The process of equipping someone to be more agile, more resilient, more knowledgeable, more skilled, more focused, and more productive is the best investment you can make, especially in uncertain times. Why? Because you can literally do more with the people already in place without burning them out. It has to be done correctly. I mean, you don't just throw more stuff at people and, oh, well, they'll sink or swim. That is a recipe for, you know, a Titanic moment, um, talking about the ship. Uh, You can't just throw more at people and expect them, you know, to swim with all the extra weight. You've got to equip them and prepare them for that. And people want that. People want to grow. If you have someone that does not want to grow, that does not want to do anything more, you have to ask yourself, do we have a place in our team or our organization for them? And the answer may be yes, but it needs to be an assessment at that point. What am I getting at? And I think you've heard it over and over from me in, in this episode. People are your most important asset, including yourself. Don't Don't do what a lot of leaders do and a lot of people do and put everybody else ahead of them. Do you know why when the masks drop in the airplane for oxygen, do you know why they tell you to put your mask on first so that you can then help your children put their masks on? It's a very logical reasoning. You have more capability as a leader. You have more capability as a parent to help your children, to help other people, to help your employees if you're also helping yourself. So consider that as we think about equipping and what that means. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. 
We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.